Hi there, welcome to the Chesa Pod. My name is Constance Khanakomu. In this week's edition of the pod, we have Nana Ata, known to her parents as Sinentlantlam Tembu. She is a singer, songwriter, who also worked with Zeke Spantuini in the Love, Light and Music album. We chat to her about the Glen Morangi experience and more. Stay tuned. Yes, Umzansi Celeville is filled with flavor. But you know that Or who secured the latest bag? Or just who's dripping with sauce? And who's adding the spice? Because if it's hot, then it's definitely in the cheese pot. First things first, right? We we hear you in one of the biggest songs of Ama Piano featuring Zex Bantuini, Kayanda Soul. But we want to know who's Nana at. Like, who, who is this lady? <laughs> <laughs> um, there's nothing much to it. I'm just a petite, small person <laughs> from KZN. I'm a singer, some writer. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I'm a, a creative. I think I'm a, an all-round, uh, all-round creative. Yeah, that's just it. Mm. And how how does your music journey then begin? Because you're saying that you were born in KZN. How do we then move from there to come to Johannesburg to now working with Zeke's um, biggest music producer in the land at the moment? Yeah. Um, so working with Zeke's, funny enough, it, it, I didn't have to go to Johannesburg. Um, Zeke's is from KZN, as you know. So he has a studio in, in, in Durban, um, which is also my city. So... We started working in 2017. I was working with him on his Love and Lights, Love Lights and Music um, album, the Love Lights and Music 2. I was also featured, I co-wrote on that album. And then after we were done with that project, I then approached him to help me with my, you know, to build up my my whole thing, to help me with my career. And it's just been like that. We've just been making songs almost every day, you know, whenever we could. Um, this was before obviously he was this busy. <laughs> um, but yeah, we were we would make songs, maybe three, four songs a day, you know. It was just crazy. It's been crazy. It's been a crazy ride throughout these years to now. So the songs that you guys are hearing now, they are a small portion of what what's in store, what we've created over the years. And you know, while you're making these big songs and collaborating with Zakes and, and other artists. Now you are put on the spotlight in the industry. How are you handling the fame? Do you think that you were ready for it, you know, to be thrust into the spotlight like that? Because when you're a young and upcoming artist, it's you you have attention, but as soon as you you know are on the on big platforms, we all like stand up and take notice of who you are, where you go, what do you do? You know, how do you handle all of that? How do you handle the spotlight now that's on you? Um, crazy. I, I, I don't feel pressure at, at all. <laughs> I don't feel pressure at all. I think because I've dreamt of this thing since I was a, like a little girl, since I was really young, maybe a person that age is probably not thinking about all of these things, but I was, um, as young as 11, I was imagining myself writing for big artists. I was imagining a whole, a whole lot of things that I understand 
um, you know, it, it, they all um, expected to like bring pressure when they when they hand it over to you. But I don't really feel the pressure, and I think it's because I've I've been prepared for most of it. And um, being exposed to the industry at, at such a young age, I was able to learn some things. So I, I, I know what to do and what not to do. I know what I want and I know what I don't want. So that helps a lot um, because probably 90% of the attention you're getting is probably, um, you know, you, you, you probably wouldn't know how to handle that if you're not, if you're not prepared, if you don't know what you want rather, you know? So I think that, that helped to shape me into the person I am. I'm very, I'm very firm on what I believe in and what I, I want and what I don't want. Um, and I think that's kept me grounded um, and also helped me to keep up with the spotlight. Mm. When you say you were prepared, what do you mean that you were prepared for whatever that was happening? Look, when you are creative, you do a lot of crazy stuff. Um, for instance, I'll make a simple example for you. I used to stand, I don't know how many hours and like from then till now, if I'm counting, I don't know how many hours I spent in the mirror practicing interviews, <laughs> practicing um, award, award speech, um, practicing <laughs> a whole other thing, like acting roles by myself on like it. It's just me in the mirror. So when I step onto um the a platform that's given to me, I don't, I don't, I hardly panic. I hardly um, you know, freak out because I I think it's it's like a switch. It's like a switch. It's like if you if you place the camera in front of me and you tell me to do something, I'll know exactly what to do. I'm not perfect. I'm not always, you know, I don't always get it right, but like I get it. Most of the time I do get it. So that's what I mean when I say I'm pre- I've been prepared. Um, but beyond me um, practicing by myself, um, I mean, I've had the great mentorship of, of Zakes Bantwini. I've had um, experience with so many different artists, very big and respectable artists, very experienced artists. Um, and that gave me experience as well as to how to handle myself, um, what to expect, what to give, what to hold back, you know, all of these things have been training for me. So that's what I mean when I say uh, I, I was I was ready, I was prepared. <laughs> yes, I'm glad you mentioned Zakes Bantwini as a mentor to you. How important was these kinds of relationships or mentorships with artists for you? How important was it? It was really um, one of the basic things that I would I, w- I would I would say that, you know, as someone who's trying to tackle the industry, the entertainment industry needs, you need people who are ahead of you to give you the ins and outs, you know, to, to, to let you know, um, you know, what to, the do's and the don'ts, you know, people that will, will tell you things from experience. These are people who have experienced this um, firsthand. So they're not gonna, you know, um, throw you in the dark, you know? So, um, I mean, it's been very helpful. Also, with just you know the fact that I'm I'm now performing with him at the Glen Morangi um event, and you know that's that's not my event; it's his event. He has no business bringing me along. So stuff like that, building relationships like that, making those connections, I've learned all of that through him. He is, I would, I, I can confidently say that he is the one person in the industry who has really laid out, the, laid out the, the carpet for me and said, do your thing, Nana. This is how you do it. Do it. You know, that's, uh, shout out to Zay. <laughs> shout out to Zay.
Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, on the Jake's issue, I think you said earlier on that you've worked with him, but I don't think we've established how the relationship between you and him uh, began. Or like, how was it like? Did you guys meet? And then you're like, he's like, oh yeah, come over, let's do this. Or um, were you the one who approached him? I think we're trying to understand because this seems like a very solid, solid, solid solid understanding good relationship because now you're also going to be performing with them on the Glenn Morange experience true so um I knew Zags um, I first met him at his studio um where I'm now a resident artist <laughs> uh back then I was I was I had just a demo I was just recording demos and there's one guy who heard who came to our studio where I was working. I was based in New in Newlands West in here in Durban. I was working with a group of guys called B5. There was some talented people. Uh, that's where Telement comes from. That's where Lasty comes from. Um, and a, a couple of other people. Um, so I used to work with those guys. And a friend, someone who's a, who's a friend to Zakes, um, heard one of the guys playing their music and he came to our studio to to hear what was happening and he heard my songs and I was the only female he was very intrigued um and then he invited us for a session at Zakes's studio I got there Zakes was was mixing um do you remember his live dvd that he did a long like long for his old ago. album yes yes <laughs> a long time ago he was mixing vocals for that and he was having trouble there so he asked me if I could please do the like add on the backings, the backing vocals there. And I did that and that was our first encounter. So from then he's always been, you know, interested in working with me. Obviously, uh, I was also interested in working with him, but because of where I was in life, I think I, I just come out of school, of high school, I was working you know just trying to figure myself out and he wasn't it was hardly here he was very busy around those times also um so we we only ever got to work in 2017 but we knew each other since 2012 and so from there then how do you get signed to universal and also what informed your decision to part ways with them okay so I was signed to Universal at when I was 19. I think it was 2014. And um, I mean, it was a good deal that I got. Everything was great. But I, I it just didn't it just didn't um, happen for me. I, I can't really say this is what was wrong. That's what was wrong. This is this is who messed up. There's no specific thing that I can point you at and say that's why it didn't work out. I just. I honestly, because of that, I, I just believe that maybe God, you know, God didn't want it to happen for me at that time because I can't really sp like point out a, a specific thing and say that's the reason it didn't happen. But um, I then um, when I when I started working with Zakes again, I then explained to him when I remember I mentioned that I approached him after we finished his album in 2017. I then asked him if he could help me with my situation as well. Um, and, and that's when he, um, that's when I, 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 you know, started working with him and, uh, eventually I, I, I had to make a decision and, um, I left Universal cause it literally wasn't working out. There was nothing happening for me. And I think I wasn't, um, delivering anything for the company, you know, for them to keep me there as well. So it was a mutual agreement. Um, when I when we parted, but there's still good relationships there. That's why we still drop music under Universal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Um, you, I, I think it, it would be a miss of us to also just have a little bit of chat about contractual um, issues that a lot of artists find themselves um, buried under or problems that they might face. Um, so I just know, uh, I need to understand, right? Um, what made you feel you were safe with, to sign with, 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 with Mayoni Productions? You know, a lot of artists, after having um, big, signing with big record label companies, they go independent for a couple of, uh, uh, for a while, and then they'll explore their options. So why was this the next logical step for you to, to sign or to have collaborations with Mayoni Productions? Okay, so remember we had built a relationship here. So we're very transparent about everything um there was no one involved at first it was just me and zakes talking about what i want what i don't want him telling me what he expects and what he doesn't expect his interests my interests matching those and then the contractual part of things where we put all of these things into paper and balance them out to 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 you know to be of benefit to both of us where no one gets screwed over no one is blindsided it was such a it was a very transparent situation. There was nothing hidden from me. There was nothing hidden from him. Um, I've always had a voice in how I want things to happen. And I've always been given that um that respect to have a say and to be in control of my of my intellectual work. Um, you know, so he's um he's given I've always had freedom when it comes to that. Um yeah, there's never been a situation. So I think maybe if, like maybe more like artists need to be um, honest with themselves first, what it is that they want, what they expect of the record label, and then be realistic about things. You can't uh, like, for instance, I was never going to sign with Zags and then expect him to say maybe make me a return of a hundred thousand a year if. You know, I, I wasn't putting in the work. I'm just making a simple example. Or if I know that um, the plans that we have together are not really, are not my end goal, um, I would make that, you know, known before we start. I would make that known before we even start. Because then why are we doing something that I have no interest in? Something that does not, it doesn't, it does nothing for me, you know? So I think transparency, uh, transparency, sorry, is is the one thing that's one of the keys if you are going into um, a contract. Obviously, the other most important thing, have legal advice, always. I, I don't care, like you can have a good relationship, you still contact um, you still get in touch with um, a lawyer. You still make sure you still, um, you know, just just to be at ease, just to do things professionally also. Because I think we we that that's one of the things that confuses artists. Like when you when you have a very good relationship with someone, you tend to like leave out these necessary these necessary things that you're supposed to do. Because you're you, as nice as the relationship is, the truth is you're jumping into a business deal it's a business um exchange you know so you, you can't just do that and hope in your heart that everything is going to go well you need to have it on paper you you because at some point this person is going to make you sign you know you need to know what you're signing for it it could be your life you know and for me when it comes to music it is my life and that's one of the things i've always made clear to zakes so yeah so far so good we've always been clear on that <laughs>
Mm. And what have you learned about the industry thus far? I mean, you started out as just um, little... Yo, I don't want to say little girl. <laughs> Young lady. I started out as a little girl. Yes. As a little girl. Um, now you've blossomed into this young lady. You've got an EP under your belt. Like, What are some of the lessons that you've taken away from the, or you've taken from the industry thus far? Um, one of the things that I've learned um, was to love myself because this industry is not going to love you honestly <laughs> the industry is just business um so when i say love myself it's because at some points i was very discouraged as an artist like creatively i was just done i i i i i wasn't seeing any worth in anything that i was doing i was very very down and i had to learn to to appreciate myself again and learn to trust my gift again and learn to um, love what I do, which I wasn't, I wasn't doing anymore. I, I was hating everything that had to do with music. I was feeling suffocated because things weren't happening the way I expected them to. So um, I think as much as there's so many opportunities, there's so many things one can achieve in the industry, we should not we should not be pressured into not doing it for the love we shouldn't be pressured to do it for the money or for fame or because all of those things there's so many people who have those things and yet they they rely on other things that are not good for their bodies and their souls to just to cope in a day so i would rather keep my peace keep my happiness and um continue to do what i do for the love of it um, and yeah, the other things like money and stuff, we'll, we'll figure that out as we go. But don't don't allow yourself to be pressured into doing things that don't make you happy. Mm. You just described a, a moment in your life that most artists wouldn't really be opened about because we're expecting to see the lights, the makeup, the content. Everything is well put together. Right? So what's getting you out of this rut when you find yourself in this position? What gets you out as because you are human first and then we see the artist. right? So we associate the person and the artist as one human being. So mostly sometimes you just never catch a break as as just a human would say, I, I can't, I need a break. So what's getting you out of out of this rut that you found yourself in? It's exactly what you've just said, um, taking a break. Um, I took a couple of steps back, stay, stayed away from the whole thing that was driving me insane, the music, stayed away from studio, stayed away from, I can't, I, unfortunately, I can't switch off the writing in, in, in me because I can write like, we can be speaking right now like this and I could be writing something in my head. So that I can't shut off. But what I can do is um, I can stay away from the things that that make me unhappy, that bring me down, like the studio, because I go to studio, I make music. I'm not satisfied because I don't know what's expected of me anymore. Um, so I'll just make an example. Uh, say you go to studio, you know, sometimes you go into studio as an artist you create something, you're so happy about it, you love it, and you see, you know, it's such a good record. But then when you present it, maybe to executives and whatnot, the so people that will now further, you know, take it further for you, um, they, 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 they say no, you know, they're not feeling it. It's not going to work. It's not working. We don't like it, you know. That can be very discouraging. And 
I'm glad now they're bringing like there's there are more youthful people, the people around our age group, people who are young who are able to dwell like to uh, mix, you know, mix with people um like artists that are you know young and vibrant you know all of those people i'm i'm glad they, there's that now in 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 these positions and and in these companies because these people now understand and they know what we are doing as artists and they know how to balance that with what the audience wants so another thing is that we we don't learn until i guess a few years in um is that you actually teach people what you teach people to love what you give them because before i made before we made osama there was no osama there was nothing we presented a song it was not for a specific genre or like group of people who support a certain genre it wasn't to say this is for house lovers cuz now when you say that you have to break it down okay which what type of house is it afrotech afro Afro house is it? Is it, um, you know, the many many sub genres within house music? Is it deep house? You know, so it wasn't about that. We literally just made a song for the feels of it because we wanted to make people feel a certain way. And when we achieved that, it showed. It showed through how people received it. You know, so there's that, and then there's 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 moments where it that doesn't happen so when you're not able to teach people how to receive your music and appreciate it and support it um you find yourself at that place I was talking about where you don't know what to do you feel like a failure you feel you know but what helped me i think would help a lot of other people just take a step back and breathe just take a break it's okay to take a break because giving up is never an option. Now, when did you find your voice as a writer and be comfortable with what you're packaging? Just now, you just explained that you guys made a song and it was like, Bona, it's for the feels, okay? <laughs> so, <laughs> when did you find your when did you find your voice? Like, when did that happen for you, or were you at a point where you're just comfortable with, look, this is it, this is me, this is Nana Aten, and that's it. Um, I think. Um, in the past, I was made to feel very small because apparently I am too versatile. I can jump in different genres and fit right in, right? And um, for a very long time, I held back because of that. I thought it was a bad thing. I literally, I really believed it was wrong and it was bad and was unacceptable because someone told me that. Someone who was ahead of me, someone who had, um, you know, had their foot in the industry and when I didn't have even like a toe like you know when I knew nothing so I held on to that and I didn't know how to let people hear things in my head you know I was very scared I was very fragile very uh, you know it affected my my self-esteem a, a lot um, it messed with my self-esteem a lot for a long time and I think the more it it actually happened in like I didn't mean for it to happen, but it happened in a way. Um, okay, so me releasing different new uh, different songs in different genres, and people catching on slowly but surely to now the present moment. The people who know me through Afropop, the people who know me through R and B, and there's people that know me 
through house through Afatech. So so when I finally like realized that you know what I dropped this and people liked it. I dropped this, people liked it, and this now people love it. So it's it's whatever, man. Uh, and 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 I think the moment was in 2020 when I thought I was gonna die. <laughs> I literally thought I was gonna die. I had COVID, and it was the first wave, and it was like the craziest thing ever. And I was so scared. Uh, I was there sitting by myself, and I remember just buying random sneakers because, like, I don't want to die and leave my money. I worked hard for this money. Um, and I opened my company. I registered it quick and fast. Everything just happened. Um, and then I decided, no, I want to drop an uh, an EP. I actually dropped an EP in 2020, uh, 2021. It was done in 2020, though. It's called Are You Okay, You, you Okay, Love? Because, you know, yeah. So... That was it for me. I was like, I can drop whatever. What if I have all these ideas in my head and people never get to hear it? Let me just do it. And I think that was the moment for me in 2020. Yeah. Yeah. You okay, love? State of mind. See now, see the EP. Now Nana is like, whatever, man. I'm versatile. I'm holding <laughs> it. <laughs> I'm yeah. here. Take it. So what is the state of mind with this EP? And going forward, what's the kind of... What can we expect next from the lad? Um, okay, so You Okay Love was the EP, my first ever EP, right? I dropped it because I literally was just feeling like everyone was feeling suffocated. Everyone was very scared of not knowing, you know, what to expect if tomorrow was going to come. Everyone was losing their loved ones, um, losing everything, jobs. And, and, you know, it was a stressful year for everyone. So it was a kind of... Uh, and like we were, we, were, we were forced to stay away from people, which is literally uh, one of our coping mechanisms. We need each other, you know. So um, I was feeling a lot of anxiety and I was just trying to put myself in everyone's shoes. And, 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 and I realized I'm not the only one feeling like this. So it was me basically reaching out to everyone that was feeling like that, like they were alone, like everything was just coming to an end, like that was it for them. Just reaching out and saying, are you, you okay? Are you okay, love? You're not the only one that's going through this. We're together and we're going to make it through together, you know? So that's what the EP was about. Um, fast forward, I dropped my EP, my second EP last year, September, Emma um, Cosini. This is a totally different body of work compared to your okay love this is me now tapping into my spirituality and um where i'm at today in my life um and that that for me was as much as it's music for people that was me really getting to know myself um you know who i'm who i am and taking pride in that because i figured that we we're not proud enough as uh, Africans, we're not proud enough. And that's that's uh, one of the things that we were taught, you know, that we, we are at the bottom of the barrel and whatnot. So this is me picking myself up and I'm hoping to pick up many other women also, especially women, um, to say that we are way more, we are way more than what they told us we are. We are warriors, we are fearless, we hold everything together, we are powerful. So that's what the EP Emma Cosini is. We are royalty, that's what Emma Cosini is. That's what it means. Um, so, and I, uh, you know, it's exciting for me. I have a series uh, that I'm working on. 
I told you I'm a, a creative, like crazy creative in my head. <laughs> so I have, um, I'm work- I'm currently working on a cartoon series based off of the Makosini EP. I'm hoping to share that by end of the year to next year. And remember with you, you, uh, you were Caleb, it was more of a conversation with us as your fans. So you yeah. are sharing, you know, what you feel was happening at the moment where we were all, all going through a tough time where COVID was concerned. And then we moved to Emma Cosini. So I understand you just said now that it was just solely because you wanted us to to realize the royalty in us especially as black women. Um, how important was this project for you to put it, out, put it out at this moment in your career? So a lot of people believe in timing. Like, okay, maybe this chapter was this, this chapter was that. But so Emma Cosini, for you, how important was the timing and how important was the message behind the EP? Okay, um, I'm, I mean, I'm just breaking into the industry now, right? But I've been... I've been here for a minute now. And one of the things that I noticed in the industry, especially is, is that um, women t- tend to do what they told to do most of the time and not what they want to do. Um, and when you take a good look at every other industry, it's most, it's usually the case, you know, we hardly have a voice. Um, we always come, we always play second and I don't understand why. Um, Aside from that, in life, we, like Black women, have been put to, I don't know what, but we we are considered, we're not considered important. Like, I don't, I don't understand why, because we literally birth people. We, we're bringing, we birth nations, we birth kings. We, 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 we do all of this and we do it with love. We do it and we still smile. It's not a nice thing to do to give birth to someone, um, but we still smile. We're able to smile. We're able to care and nurture that person and care for them until they're able to stand on their own. Sometimes they're not even able to stand on their own until they're very old um, because people are stubborn, I guess. But we are those people. We we are that girl, you know. So like, why are we being treated like that? And and the thing is now, many of us started believe like that. We really believe this. We believe this narrative that we are not. We you know we just. It's like someone is just saying we should be grateful we even here, you know, like they had something to do with it. Like we we are not the people that give life, you know. Like God doesn't work through us to give life, to expand life. Um, so it's really about waking people up, waking women up, especially black women, to say, yo, we are, we are it. The thing they say we're not, we are so it, it's beyond. Um, and I think when someone is great, just by being, just by being there, uh, not having like strip them of anything, if everything you 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 deem to be um, or you you see as you know um, a value a valuable asset or whatever and you leave them stripped and they still are that person people stand with dignity and they still themselves they still hold that power you can take off the clothes on our bodies we're still a woman we're still women we still are giving birth naked and all stripped and all we're still it doesn't take our power away what does 
is making us believe that we do not have the power anymore and me i'm trying to work against that i'm trying to reverse everything i'm trying to wake black women up and say we are it all right now thank you very much for your time we really appreciate it thank you very much for having me <laughs> And that's it for this week's edition of the Chesa Pod. Remember that you can find our latest podcasts, review and subscribe for free on Iono FM, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Player.fm and Pocket Cast. You can also find us or follow us on Twitter at Chesa Live and Instagram as well. The Chesa Pod is a Times Live production and our producer is Demi Buzo. I have been your host, Constance Hana Khomu. Until next time, bye.